Hey, everybody. I'm Chad Eckert. That's Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lions podcast. You will find us each and every Monday evening during the PGA Tour season. Cracking beers, betting on golf. Hey, what an off season. What an off season. The most fun event in golf right coming off of it that's what we get and uh we had a couple of days to spare now we're back for see what are they calling this now is it 2022 season right i don't know i think they're calling this the 2022 sanderson oh cool okay weird all right good well you're here for that um we're gonna talk quickly tonight it's not gonna be a long thing uh we're gonna get into what was the Ryder cup and then we'll uh share our reflections on that as well as talk about the betting board for the sanderson's farms i will assume that there's a jock market out there uh yes that you could participate in and that's something that you do on wednesday nights with rick run good did you do it for the nfl are you doing nfl jock market no, so that was just kind of a one-off thing. So they have a guy, John, I don't know if you, you caught it last week, but uh, quite an entertaining guy who does the NFL power hour version. Oh. Uh, so it was pretty cool. So we had him on. We talked a little Thursday night football. We had the pairings were out for the Ryder Cup. So we gave some last minute takes on that. But this week, back to the open IPO market, uh, back to normal. We've got a week field right we can say that week field yeah, um, so maybe, uh, whole... maybe it is jock market week because you can get those cheap players and nobody knows about and, and there's a ton of them just as good so yeah. yeah try out the jock market it's a great app it's downloadable on app markets everywhere and you can use a promo code pl to get a match up to 50 dollars if you're new to that definitely try it out it's a fun app it's uh Something that we like to do. We also like to do DraftKings. We're on there uh, doing those things. We're on doing betting boards. We're doing all of that every time. We're on Twitter. Joe Idoni's at Tour Picks. I'm at Edina Realchi. If you're new to the preferred lines, we typically try to get this done Monday evenings once our kids are in bed in between those things, dealing with the wives and lives. So, you know, come with us. Join us live uh, each Monday evening, Twitter uh, or we're streaming YouTube and we typically go through the betting board right away. I mean, we've sometimes got a guest on, we're trying to provide some insight. We're trying to provide some value for you. The idea is that then you can get out there and you can go make some smart bets. Now I don't know a lot, but I don't, you know, we, we're not experts by any means, but this guy, uh, Kyle Porter, <laughs> we can consider him an expert. He threw out this thread about the Ryder, Ryder cup which for someone like me who didn't do a ton of preparation as I was negotiating real estate contracts today, all day up until I put my kids to bed, you know what? So I didn't have a lot of prep. So I wanted to steal Kyle Porter's thoughts and maybe we can discuss them together. Joe, does that sound kind of fun real quick? Get into this Ryder cup recap. I love it. I saw, I think most of this thread earlier, it was great. Obviously Kyle is quite poignant with his, uh, it's got a way with the words, right? Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and dive through what was the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the biggest blowouts. Was it the biggest blowout? I guess it was the biggest yeah. blowout in history, according to Kyle Porter's thread. A great week. Uh, now, the first topic of the day is we expected this, though, right? Like, we expected the blowout, kind of. You put as much money as you've ever put on anything on that, and you won. So this I isn't surprising. Why are people shocked? 
I think a lot of people were quite surprised. Okay, so let me try to rephrase that. It seems like the majority of people in this niche sort of golf Twitter community, whatever you want to call it, that we're in, Mm -hmm. we're on the European side from a betting standpoint. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not that they thought they were going to win, I don't know. But I feel like I was definitely in the minority in terms of people who took uh, actual wagers and laid the two to one number on this roster, on this Team USA team. In hindsight, you look like a smart guy because I was telling my wife, Sarah, all about that. Like, hey, that's it's basically free money. So why don't we do this with our money, honey? And she said, it's minus 200. Like, we don't do those things. You're we like those plus 9000. I know. I told my wife uh, on Sunday, maybe a Saturday. I said she was like, are you watching the Ryder Cup again? I was like, honey, I have an un." I have, and I never say this. I'm like, I have an uncomfortable amount of money on this. <laughs> I, have, I have basically our mortgage payment on this event. And she was like, "What?" And she was like, "Are they winning?" And I was like, "Yeah, they're up. Uh, they're what were they up eight to three? I was like, they're up eight to three. She's like, that's not a big lead at all. I was like, that's a great lead, baby. Yeah, right. It's big <laughs> enough. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, okay. I kind of broke it down, and I think what many people did on like just an individual basis. Like I figured when you get to the singles and you look at every single player, like the way, and I did the show with Tom last week, you weren't able to make it. I I was Mm -hmm. on with Feinberg. um, And we talked about like, I think the USA is going to be favored in nine or 10 of the 12 matchups. We have the better players. We have the better rosters. We have the home court setup. Like everything's our, everything is, is served up on a plate for this team USA team to really take this thing back. And it ended up being 11 out of 12 matchups that were favored. So like when you look at it from that sort of perspective, how like the path to a European victory in this thing was so much smaller than the path for a victory for Team USA. Yeah. Now, minus 150 or whatever for that, That's that was clearly the smart bet. I mean. Yeah, that was the, that was the bet of the week. But the truth, though, is that this was almost, it's, I saw a ton of people betting on different stuff. And I, you know, I never, I did a little bit of the stuff with singles where I parlayed a few guys and I took some data golf advice and I put some stuff out there. But before that, I never got to the point where I felt like I wanted to, or I was inclined to pull the trigger. I felt like this is easy money. So like, I never really fired off. So I don't think the Ryder Cup is the best betting event ever. I had a ton of fun with it. Uh, I mean, I was on the right side, so that yeah. always helps with anything betting wise, but yeah, I, um, everything kind of lined up for me right it was like rooting interests my favorite like players to root for all on the same team it felt like although we were a favorites it felt like just coming into a Ryder cup there was this little bit of like underdog chip on the shoulder that this Mm. team usa team carried even though they were the betting markets favorites like it felt like they came into this event like we gotta fucking earn this thing and the other, you know, everything lined up, right? The also the part of it that lined up for me too is Max Homa hit the week before. So I had a ton of money in the account, which I was able to put in the Team USA. So it all kind of worked out. I got the sort of finale to the, the, and I'm sure we'll touch on it in a minute, to the Bryson and Brooks thing that I think was the best way it could have possibly ended for both guys and for everybody who's fans of both of them. So it was, it was everything. It was a great 
awesome, incredible event. So back to this Kyle Porter thing. How about Sergio, though? He's kind of the man. He was awesome. Yep. I had Sergio as top European, and he didn't end up pulling that through because Ron was, was so strong. Uh, and he really, if he could have won against Bryson, he actually would have taken it home. But he's amazing. Um, I thought incredible, like, sportsmanship really grew on me with Sergio from, from the way that he handled the Berger and Brooks thing to the way that uh, he was kind of cool with Bryson down the stretch there and really, like, you know, it, it just seemed like he, he was a great sport about it all. He's really in his older years, I guess we could say, really turned that around in terms of a public perception standpoint of how United States golf fans used to view Sergio Garcia totally. 10, 15 years ago to the way that uh, he was basically getting a standing ovation coming up the 18th hole, I believe, or the 16th hole where his match ended against Bryson. Uh, so it was awesome to see. He was great. Yeah. I mean, really not even 10. I mean, it was less than 10 years ago when he was smashing that bunker in Saudi Arabia or he was pissed off about stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him do something. Yeah, the big one was the U.S. Open in New York, right, where they the fans started to get on him and he chirped the fans back and it like it got ugly. Uh, So that was his like Bryson moment of the fans turning on you, uh, which was the first time we really saw that. So um, good to see him come full circle. He played great. I don't expect him to carry much momentum into this week, though. I just don't think the emotionally and and he's he's going to be all in. I think he's obligated to be here as one of the defending, if not the defending. Yeah, the defending. Um, So Sergio, that's funny, though. He's just cute. Like, we can give Sergio a pass now that he's older and more of a veteran. We'll see him as a captain soon, too. We'll see these two guys that we talked or Kyle talks about in his third point about Westy, Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter ending up with wins in their matches. Is that true? I guess I didn't even notice that. Uh, in the way that they finished off this uh, Ryder Cup, which could potentially be Lee Westwood's and Ian Poulter's last. Do we expect that? I kind of think they are riding off into the sunset a little bit. Kind of, yes. Um, I also think to a certain degree that um, who's going to replace them is like yeah, what I'm wondering. Like, who are the young like studs out there that are going? I mean, obviously you have Robert McIntyre is I think the one that everyone's kind of got circled that I think was was close at one point to making this team, mm-hmm. and then in the end he just didn't carry enough form toward the end of the season. But I think he's the guy that they're looking toward to uh, in regards to the future. I think Team USA has a stockpile of guys from <laughs> Zalatoris to Wolf to like. Um, Cameron Champ potentially even like these young great Burn. American players Sam Burns absolutely um, that are, are their positioned so well to really go on one of these uh, uh, epic runs that we just saw Team Europe go on and I don't really know who, who they've got in the pipeline that, that yeah. has that type of potential that I've seen yet so Dude, yeah. with that said you know what they should do is they should the U.S. should petition to to increase the roster and and allow for like sixteen spots so that they can just rack up even more points and just yeah make that bench deeper so that the U.S. can just crush even more. Yeah, so it's interesting though. Like you really like you get to the singles right, but um, the the coaching part of this is always like fascinating to me because there's part of me that's just like 
play your best guys, right? Play, take your top eight players and play them those first two days. Yeah. Um, and I think Europe really felt that because they didn't do that. They played everybody. They mm-hmm. got everyone involved, which I think is sort of a, an underlying obligation of the coach. Like you don't want to bring guys there. Like even for Team USA, um, did Harris English belong in any of those matches? No. Not when you have eight guys that are there that are clearly better than Harris English. Um, but you you feel this sense of I brought him here. He was a captain's pick. I can't sit him until Sunday. I got to play him. But then you end up with Xander on the bench. You end up with JT on the bench. You end up with Brooks on the bench. You end up with Morikawa on the bench one day. It's like for 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 English? For, right. you know. It, 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 right. so, no, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, Europe sat Sergio. Uh, they broke him and Rama, which I thought was a big mistake. They sat Rory, which I think was a big mistake, even though he didn't play great. But but the, you're you're putting out there Westwood and Poulter, and you're sitting Rory. I don't care how you never should do that. No, logically yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, we don't need to harp every point that he's making here. But now, my goodness, that guy was great. He was the coolest, is what uh, Kyle Porter says. It's true. He thrived on the stage, and I think he did look effortless. Looked like he was loving life. Looked like it could be the beginning of the renaissance of Tony. It's, it did. It's like Bryson and Tony. They really truly had the best weeks they could have ever had for maybe their the remainders of their careers. I like it, Finau especially. So Finau was great, but he the was bad at golf. Like, he didn't really score that many points, did he? Was Bryson. Like, for me, that is the biggest takeaway that I will remember from this thing. Um, While it was cool to see Finau play well, I think the second biggest story was the resurgence and dominance of Dustin Johnson Mm -hmm. um, because he was awesome. And we haven't seen him be awesome in like a year. So there's part of it that that came a little bit unexpected and out of nowhere with DJ. Um, We'll talk about Bryson. Finau was great. Rom was spectacular. Um, Mm -hmm. He is their guy. He is the best player in the world. Uh, And I think it's pretty much unquestioned. And Bryson was everything, man. You know, I'm team Brooks, but I had a huge moment where I switched and I, I, he endeared himself so (laughs) much to me, man. And it was just like capitalizing on the moment. It all felt like an exhibition on everything that Bryson needed. The fans got behind him. Um, he played fantastic Dude, that, going yeah. for the green. Like he took heat for the speed trading stuff and that was all worked. It all worked. Yeah. He picked up another 15 yards. He had to drive of the week. <laughs> what he did on the first hole, like to be able to, to, to not only hit it that far, but to hit the green and then make the Eagle putt um, was an epic moment for Bryce. He just stomped on any, of the Euros chances of having any momentum at all whatsoever. He basically was like, it's over. You guys look at me. I'm just destroying this guy who is one of their better players. It's over. So dude, the next time you're on the golf course or any of you out there happen to be watching this show right now and you get up to a tee box and the hole is 390 yard par four. I want you to look at the green and the flag and think this guy Bryson fucking hits it on the green. Unreal. It's unbelievable. Like I was out there, I did it this weekend, and I'm like, 
just think about that. Like to be up there in that greenside bunker or greenside or even on the green on a 390 yard hole, it looks ridiculously far. Like, dude, what about I've the three wood? Because I have never seen him uh, play, and I need like now. Part of me is like, I need to go somewhere because I don't think he ever comes to the Honda. I'm like, I need to go somewhere and like watch this guy. Come up to the three M Open. He'll probably play here again. Yeah. No, okay, so yeah, Bryson's just amazing. He's so fun to watch. He's such a good entertainer. And like, yes. honestly, this is the best thing that's ever happened to his reputation is playing where they didn't have any beef and they did say, screw you, this isn't that important to us. And then they proved it and they kind of, with the hug at the end, put the cherry on top. And I almost feel like we watched a season of a TV show. And like the girlfriend and the boyfriend, a whole season, we're going back and forth. And then at the end of the season, like they get they get together, but then they like don't. They like have this mutual cordial breakup, and they're gonna go find new people. And then we get a new. I'm so excited for the next season, like because there's gonna be more. I mean, this isn't the end of Bryce and Brooks, and like this is gonna be great. This is gonna be something that just is gonna entertain us for so long. I think it sort of does close a little bit of the chapter here. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was the perfect culmination in the way to end this. Like I, for so long, I clamored for an individual matchup on a Sunday at a major and a head to head, but this was better, right? Because now team Bryson becomes team Brooks and team Brooks becomes team Bryson and it's all team USA. And that's all that like really ended with this is we're all like sort of it, it felt like we're all kind of in this together and they were all there and they made the comments and like it's going to be the crazy part about this is because of what just happened and it's totally unfair to this individual because this was going to happen whether he was on the team or not. But how in the world does Patrick Reed get himself back on this team? If he doesn't auto-qualify, it's going to be almost impossible. And I think that that's extremely unfair to read because I think if you take out English or take out Scheffler even, who beat Rom, and you insert Reed there, the exact same thing happens this week. They oh, all cool. come together. The team unity is there. The uh-huh. group shots are there. They're hugging Patrick. Patrick's hugging them. Oh, they're giving him shovel fun. joke bullshit yeah. yeah exactly so here's what here's what's going to happen is patrick reed's going to become the uh captain america of the president's cup team uh-huh. and he'll, yeah because you know that these people that are like xander and other people like don't care about the president's cup as much so they're going to bow out of the president's cup and people like they're gonna, it's going to be like the jv circuit but patrick reed's going to lead it and he's going to try to help everybody that's in that little circuit try to prepare to get to the Ryder cup circuit level because we know that the president's cup is on a different level than or, you know what I mean? Like, we know the Ryder Yeah, Cup. but honestly, like, the way that this thing shook out, the rosters aren't that far off anymore, man. Like, that True. President's Cup team was fucking deep. And no, they, I know. It's kind of scary, actually, to think this about. Like, is what this they Europe team's worse team than Europe them. doesn't have. They've got the young fucking stars. True. They've got Neiman. They've got Joaquin Neiman. They've got Abe Answer. They've got the freaking 24, 25-year-old stars that Europe is drooling for right now. Right. We have on Euro, they have Fitzpatrick, who's now like 27. So he's not even young anymore. And he's not that good. 
I saw no fire in Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he was a fraud. Totally unimpressed with him. Like, I thought I this was his coming out party that he was going to be the next. Give him the torch, let him lead Team Europe. Uh, he even ahead the of least into it of any player at the Ryder Cup. He looked awful. like he like want didn't want to be there, and everyone else like. Even the other guys, even the Westwoods, even like the Lowry was so pumped to be there. Like he was awesome. Terrell Hatton was awesome. Like those guys were fun. Uh, Fitzpatrick just looked like he wanted out of there right away. Um, the, uh, one of the things Kyle Porter on his Twitter thread didn't mention is the young guns for the United States. We got Morikawa. We got uh, Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, for someone who was on a fringe to get on the team, like, I mean, that his performance was outstanding he he proved to me that out of anybody that hasn't won on tour i think he's the one that's probably do the most yes 100 percent. yes so he's great. we like that and then even hovland on the other side like he was pretty solid and so these young guns it makes me feel like you're gonna have a fire under matt wolf so bad under the next 24 months to get back onto this team or get onto this team that Maybe it starts now at the Sanderson Farm. Should we begin? I mean, should we move on from this Ryder Cup? Do we have Let's talk Sanderson for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, because we don't really care that much about the Sanderson Farm. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do a little uh, housekeeping. Before we do get into the betting board, um, Joe and I, you know, we lead these active lives. I've got a pregnant wife and um, stuff happens. Monday Night Football, you're probably not even watching this, so this is why maybe, Joe, we decide to do this before Monday Night Football, after Monday Night Football, at halftime of Monday Night Football. We kind of mix it and match it in, and maybe you do it with somebody one week, and I do it with somebody next week, and we kind of decide that this fall swing isn't as uh, big of a commitment to us. Because what we know, though, Joe, about doing this podcast life is that you cannot burn out the family. The people upstairs from my basement, and I don't know, they're probably down the hall from you because in Florida you don't have basements. But, yes, you don't want to piss off the wife. This is a not non-for-profit. Like, this is not-for-profit podcast here. So, like, they they don't respect it as much as you think that they should. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to focus so much on the Sanderson's farms on September 27th that by the time the Sony open in January happens, they're like, what the hell, bro? Because what we want to do is we want to like space it out. So like, give me a week off. You have Joe do it. And then, so we're going to do a little potpourri for this fall swing. It's not going to be as serious and it's going to be more for fun. And it's not going to take up all of your time. Well, so let's just talk about it quickly. And here we go at the tippity tip top. Which is weird. Is Sam Bermuda Burns in where are we? Mississippi? Yep. Jackson. The uh Clove Jackson. Um, it is a Bermuda course. So Sam Burns, who we like on Bermuda, we like him everywhere pretty much now because he's proven that uh he's good everywhere on any surface, any grass type, but Bermuda especially at 14 to 1, which when you're looking at the top of the betting board, normally there's a couple of front runners and they make it to the 10 or the 12, but Sam Burns at 14, that just seems confusing to me. Maybe that's just the uh, it's a tell for the strength of the field, but is it a good bet at 14 or what? It might be. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'm not in on these guys. Look. It, that's a that's a, a very that's a a 
like I don't even know how to like compare it. It's like a Morikawa or like a Hovland type number that like you're looking at in a week event. Burns, don't think so. Not ready for that one. Um, all these guys. The one that I was hoping to bet was Zalatoris, okay. um, just because of the the history here at this course of guys that are really good on approach, um, who can be a little wild off the tee but have plenty of distance, and who who frankly are not good putters that have a spike putting week here. Uh, Cameron Champ, Sergio right. Garcia, last year won this thing, if you remember, with his eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This was that week. Um, <laughs> that's been Will Zalatoris' sort of bug here. And for me, I, I like the two guys I was interested in are, are Zalatoris and Pereira because I wanted to see where their numbers were. Um, I think Zalatoris is a much, much, much better player right now. Um, so I would lean to his side but I don't love the 16 to one number. So I'm pretty much like going to pass at this point on Monday. I have really no interest in anyone up here at the top of the board. I don't know about you, Chad, but it just feels like one of those fall swing season events coming off of, uh, you know, a, a weak field, a lot of different guys in play. You don't know the motivation. You don't know the practice schedules. You don't know if these guys have been on a two week vacation it seems like you just pass over the top of the board and you hit some guys in the 50 and above range and, and you hope to, you know, to find one like we did with Homa a couple of weeks ago. Joe, we have had a couple of weeks now where it's not been the greatest betting events, it's the tour championship where it's kind of confusing and you're betting two different boards and you got the Ryder cup, you got these shitty fields. So maybe you don't do what you normally do when it's normal events. This isn't Tory Pines. This isn't the heat of the schedule in the July, you know, we're not, we're not going to go the normal route. So don't be afraid. Don't be thinking that you're going to do normal stuff. Go do your normal NFL stuff on the golf side of it. Just throw two or three bucks on a couple guys. Unless you have a conviction about Sam Burns at 14 to one or Corey Connors at 16, or maybe you like Sung Jay on Bermuda too. He's at 16. Then you maybe decide that's the guy I'm going for. And you kind of go all in at the top of the board on one guy. But I, I agree with you there on your take about having a couple guys down the list because we know what do we know about these these types of events? It's gonna to get to 20 under or so. Yeah. You're gonna to have to have like the great putting week combined with your good wedge week, which goes to it all. Where if you get hot with your wedges, you're gonna have shorter putts and you're gonna make those putts. And then once you get making those putts, you don't have to be as close with your wedges because you're getting more confident with your putts. So then it all works with itself. Yeah. Do we know how to predict that, Joe? It's tough, right? And look, I like if I all right, there's three guys up there Burns, M, Zalatoris. I think they're all great players. I think they're all great Bermuda grass players. I think that they're all probably going to win in say the next one and a half years. Hmm? They win the Sanderson Farms, yes, but I'd rather take them to win the Valspar at 60 to one. Sure. I'd rather take them to win a WGC in Zalatoris at 35 or 40 to one. So like there's bigger numbers. I think that they're just as likely to win as this event. And the reason that I don't like these type of betting the top here. Uh, and I talked about this a little bit the week of the, the Fortinet is a lot of shots come from that 100 to 150 yard range, which is what your wedges, right? The difference between Sam Burns's pitching wedge in terms of, of proximity to the hole and go all the way down to like 
fucking Denny McCarthy is not that much, right? They're not that different of players with a pitching wedge. The difference with Sam Burns hitting a five iron and Denny McCarthy hitting a four iron into the green because he's a little longer is a massive difference. That's where these better players have the advantage. Long, difficult, like tough scoring conditions. That's where I'm looking for these great ball strikers to really um, capitalize on their asset versus a week that comes down to a wedge fest. It brings a ton of the field into play. Mm-hmm. Should they, like you mentioned, get a hot putter? Right. Now, I did see our friend PGA Tout. I believe he was on Keegan at the 30 number. So, I mean, we're going where you have Hoffman now at 20 in the 20s. You have Sergio 20, 25 to 1 for Cameron Tringali. Mito, like you said, he's there. He's 28. You might want to be doing that. This is kind of like a corn fairy event in terms of the field, you, which is an insult to the names of the likes of Keegan Bradley, a major winner. Siwoo Kim was one of the players, and Cameron Davis was a winner last year, and Streelman's a good golfer, and HV3 is a good golfer. So that's kind of an insult. So then is is Mito a terrible number at 28 then maybe? I don't love it. I, I know there's a ton of people that like him. I'm usually slower – on these guys Me too. than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather be, I guess, a little bit late and potentially miss that early win than, than too early because I feel like all too many times uh, the excitement level outweighs the actual uh, performance. So then are you going to use motivated players this week, people that got snubbed potentially from the from the Ryder Cup or want to be on it coming up here like a Matt Wolf at 40 to one. Don't we think that he's thinking about wanting to be on that team? What about Gary Woodland at 45 to one? Those guys should be, they're good enough to make a Ryder cup team. They've made teams in the past and maybe they're scared about, or they're sad. They're sad. So do you bet them? I did. I took them both. I actually have better numbers that are still out there. Uh, 60 to one on both of them. Okay. The third guy that I also have at 60 to one is another guy that's great on, you know, can get a really hot with his approach shots and a terrible putter. And that is Emiliano Rio. <laughs> so I took all three of them. Look, if bad putters, if this is the spot where they show up and win, um, these guys are great ball strikers. They're great off the tee. And I think that their talent level, their upside as a player um, in terms of Woodland and Wolf more so than probably Grio, is Sungjae, is mm-hmm. Sam Burns, is, you know, key, like is is right with these guys. So if they got it a little bit together, and this was kind of my point uh, when I bet Homa the other week, is like his, his ultimate win equity, if you look at it, you know, span out a little bit, right? Go over the last, say, three years. Homa has two wins at legit golf courses. Sure. He can win the he can win back in California. Um, yeah. Gary Woodland has a win at the US Open over the, right. in the last three years. Matt Wolf has competed closely in US Opens. I think he has two top tens. He also has a win. Like these guys have shown the ability when they get it right to get it very right. And it doesn't matter the field. So you put them in a weaker field where they don't have to have their A-plus game, and maybe an A-minus is, is good enough to get them to Sunday, and then the best player usually wins, like we saw with Homa. Like, you just let the other guys melt down. You let um, Maverick McNeely make a triple on an easy hole, and all of a sudden you, 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 you're you in. You're in. Dude, 
that does bring up a point I thought about earlier when we, uh, I was thinking about the pod is that there's going to, it's the name that's going to win. Isn't going to be like a crazy name. Like we're not talking about like Rory Sabatini's going to win this or something like that. Or he could, but we're, we're much more likely to see Gary Woodland show up and win. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. But so is there a long shot though, that like a Lucas Glover played well last season for a couple events. He can pop at some points, Brian Stewart. We've seen him play. Okay. Recently in the fall or in late summer, do we have any interest in a long shot or do we have to wait to watch your pair or uh, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, TikTok, you got a TikTok account. Go check out Joe on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, we're expanding in all areas. Um, but there's a couple of guys. So I'm looking at the Corn Ferry guys in terms of long shots. You're on one right now. Well, I've got a little inside inside info on this here. Is- this is proprietary preferred lines info. But Adam Svensson oh. is been incredible. Um, I know a couple of guys that know him very closely and let's just say they are heavily betting him every week until he wins because they're that confident that it's coming. Whoa. Well then a 25 to one on a top five for a very good numbers on Spence. And there's another, keep going down and like, just keep scrolling. And I'll tell you if I see a couple of the other guys, uh, corn fairy wise that I was looking for, not woo. There's Denny Dirt, who's had some great finishes here. Uh, Big car. There's Doc. I don't know. What about Bermuda Barnrat? We said some things about, like, not good putters and great approach players. Maybe it is a week for Doc. Keep going. Keep going. There's one that I'm looking for. We know Tom Hoagie will fire up pins. Um, Wyndham Clark, we like him. I like him. Now you're looking at, like, Hayden Buckley. I've never heard of him. Okay, Cole's coming up from Corn Ferry. Where? Keep going, keep going, keep Skins? going, keep going. There's Thompson. We're starting to get in my range. Andy Ogletree's had three good finishes in a row. No, but I'm looking for Davis Riley. Tell me if you see Davis Riley. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, yeah, here he is finally. 300 301. to 1. So is Cameron Young. Like, you remember Cameron Young? I think he led oh, yeah. in driving distance. He was like Cameron Champ of the Corn Ferry Tour. Sure. Uh, he won back-to-back weeks. Played in the U.S. Open, played in the event a couple of weeks ago with the Fortinet. Um, look, these are guys, what's a top 10? 25 to 1 on him? Like, not a bad number to finish. 25 to 1 top 10 would be juicy. Yeah, exactly. In he could fall. That's ty- Why does it keep pulling up different names? It's pulling up Tyler Duggan. Just- I don't know. Weird. But either way, Davis Riley. That's it. That was my guy I was looking for. 301. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, um, yeah. Do you do your normal DraftKings stuff, or do you kind of take it easy since it's the fall and there's NFL, and you kind of really don't, you know, like do you care as much? So there's two things. Normally, I do like to go heavier in DraftKings during the fall season. I find that these off week events, um, if you know a little bit more, you have a little bit more of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, the more work that you can put into it. This week is just kind of like feet up, relax for me. You know what I'm saying? Like after all that was the Ryder Cup, after hitting the winner at home, uh, I'm just going to kind of enjoy it and I'll dabble in it. Of course, I'll put up a piece for odds checker, but uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to go heavy this week in terms of research. Uh, It's fall swing season. We all need a little breather. Browns Vikings this week, though. Are we going to get a friendly wager on this or what? Oh, my gosh. Should we? I didn't even remember. I forgot about that. It's in Cleveland, though, right? 
No. It's here? Yeah, it's there. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I don't have a ton of confidence in my squad. I'm not even sure. Why? So, You're two and one, right? No, one and two. First win one is this two. week. Okay, the Browns, I think, are, I think the spread is minus one. So it's, they're thinking it's going to be a close game. Okay, cool. Uh, how, how, yeah, we could, we could think of a friendly little wager put on it. Okay, how about loser has to do the next show? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Loser has yeah. to do the next show solo. So, right. And then if, and, what and I'll do is I'll put, up like, I'll put up like a Browns logo and you'll put up like a Vikings logo or something. I'll get like my, I got some Randy Moss stuff over here. I'll like tout that up, uh, up close and personal right here. So we'll get okay. the so next Monday's host will, their team will have lost on Sunday. <laughs> their team will have lost on Sunday and they will also have to display some proud, uh, proud team swag for the other one. I like that idea. That's classic. Um, all right. Good luck this week betting on the betting board. I mean, you know, do your thing. And if you don't want to do that, just go onto the jock market and sign up using the promo code PL. Try it out. Maybe try the NFL as well. It's a fun time. Jock market. It's on your app store. Or you can just go to uh, YouTube, Rick Run Good, and you can watch Joe and Rick chat it up every Wednesday. They're on the Power Hour, the program that runs an hour up to – uh, lock so go ahead and check that out jock market thanks again watching this uh liking subscribing rating reviewing that's Do all it. we got peace peace out cheers peace out